Hello everybody and welcome in to another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and oh fuck, is it a special, special day. I am joined by Joseph George. What is up, homie? What's up? Um, Thank you for having me over. Oh, of course. This time, not just having me on the show. First time live in the studio, Joseph George, but... That's that's not even that's not even the biggest deal. For the first time live and in person, all the way from Baltimore to Kansas City, Aurora Carter. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing great. It feels great to be live and in stereo and in realistic form. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we're not little boxes on a screen yes. anymore. The multiverse of the podcast came together. Yeah, you know, the the it, it opened up and this is what came through. Yep, on oh, 957 miles. Uh, there you go, <laughs> there you go. But we're here to talk Spider-Man No Way Home. It yeah. was it was such a big holiday, you had, to, you, you had to travel all the way out here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a special day for Marvel fans and an even more special day for Spider-Man fans in particular. Uh long long awaited and we're gonna go spoiler free for for as long as we can and then uh we'll eventually get to a point where we're we'll suspend that i'll let you know when it is and uh we'll just uh we'll get to it uh, mm-hmm. we'll get into the w- the weeds of it but overall on the whole how are you feeling about this movie where we're sitting right now i i and i'm not even gonna try to go by recent um recency bias we did just leave the movie theater. Yes, but this was the best Marvel like film I have seen. The elements, the color grading, the the score, the score, Tom's acting like oh, he, they worked their ass off. Like they they did it. They and did it. I'm so happy that they did. Oh, I am too, because this is, this for me, from where I'm sitting, top two MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm thinking off the bat right now. This movie is a special one. And as you were saying, it's not, it's not just the multiversal implications with Norman Osborn and Doc Ock coming into the universe and all these, all these villains that we've known and loved through the movies prior it really is the way the movie is made. It is it is the most visually stimulating Spider-Man movie we've gotten so far. Uh, across all of them, I'd say. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man and the Raimi trilogy included. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, only, only one that really gives it a run for its money in terms of visual stimulation. But, you know, you got the animation factor in that, and it's a whole other thing. Uh, this was mind-blowing. I've never left a theater quite as happy as I did here. And uh yes. and th- that says a lot as a as a Star Wars fan who was who was in the theater for Star Wars Rogue One and was in the theater for uh Rise of Skywalker, which at the time I was like super high on, and in the theater for Infinity War and Endgame. No Way Home is the best theater experience I've had. I'd say This movie, like, I went in with low expectations, but even if I didn't, I wouldn't have been disappointed. Um, like, this movie, they they truly did it. Um, all the hype, everything that, like, this movie has gotten even before, I will say, kind of got a little out of hand at some points with people going a little too deep in some things. Uh, 
um, and a little too crazy about this movie, but like it's deserved. Um, this movie deserves all of this hype that it's been getting. Um, will be rewatched um, countless, in- infinitely many times. Countless. Um, and, and when when this is out on Disney Plus, if it, oh if my ever, god, hopefully. <laughs> oh, true. Sony didn't even think about that. Yeah. Damn. Now I got okay. I only have one gripe. Um, <laughs> one gripe of this movie overall. Um, one which is spoiler free, and one that is not. So I guess two gripes, but the other one's barely a gripe. And I guess the only gripe is that the legal battle between Spy- like for Spider Man, like, and that that would be the only thing that that I could say bad about this movie is that it might not come to Disney Plus. Um, there's really nothing bad to say about this movie. Um, like, there are there are rumors though that. Sony and Disney are coming to something of an agreement in which the Spider-Man movies might come to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a deal, I think, even more uh, prevalent in which they'll be coming to Netflix. Whoa. Uh, that one I'm not entirely sure on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to you'd have to double-check me on it. But, and there's no telling if No Way Home is applicable to that. No matter what, though, as soon as that thing's available, I'm probably just going to go ahead and buy it true it's it's worth it's worth the money uh and to get like any bonus features there might be with this i'd say it's probably worth it um bonus features in the past on digital have been pretty fucking disappointing like far from home hadn't had an extras tablet that was like yearbook Mm. photos (laughs) and it was like just them talking to a camera as their characters a little bit and it was just like okay this is this is a little bit of a disappointment. I'd say they have a little more material to work with, uh, like for extra bonus material here. Um, I wonder how many like deleted scenes there were, um, things that were like cut out of this movie. Um, it is a long movie, you know, two and a half hours. Uh, doesn't feel like it when you watch it. No, that's for sure. Like you, that movie breezes the fuck by. Yeah, you're strapped in the whole time. It's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and the the time aspect doesn't like. If you're worried about, you know, this movie just being too long or whatever, like... You don't even feel it. Don't worry about that at all. It feels like an hour and a half movie with how much fun, like, you're having. Um, But, yeah, this... I love this movie. Like, it was awesome. It was anything a Spider-Man fan could ask for. And, honestly, just anything a regular moviegoer could ask for. And that's the thing. This movie gets Spider-Man. Like, on a level that multiple Spider-Man movies in the past just haven't quite achieved. Uh, na- namely, like, Far From Home, I don't think. Uh, uh, but this, the way they portray MJ, and the way they portray their relationship, and the way they portray Peter himself, like, it, it's clear that this is him coming into his own. This is Peter Parker's Spider-Man. And this trilogy has been about him getting to that point. This... Their relationship in this movie, to me, seems like... Other than um, Gwen and Peter. I, think I loved Gwen and Peter. Gwen and Peter, Michelle and, and Peter, and then the original one. Mary Jane and Peter. Yeah, Mary Jane. Thank you. Mary Jane. And... Like... This movie, they really was acting with each other. Like this was like, I love you. They played off each other well. Like they the chemistry off is each palpable. Other so good. And you got to think that you know the real life relationship and romance they have has to obviously 
influence their performance a great deal and play yeah. into how believable it is. Uh, they, I believe that those those two are in love. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at least that's where, that's where I'm at. And I can't do this much longer. Spoiler free. I know I can't because it's something that I really want to say that you just spoke that we just talked about. Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and be like, call that spoilers off. Last last little spoiler free thoughts. Incredibly well made. Uh, story incredible. The story is so big. I had worries about how they pull off so many villains and make it satisfying, and they went beyond that. Uh, so. I think this is the best Spider-Man movie to date. It's certainly live action, maybe otherwise. I'll have to I'll have to keep rewatching to say to say, but uh definitely the best live action Spider-Man movie we've ever gotten for my money. This and I would say I know you say it's spoiler like we could say it now, but should I still keep some things back? Hold back, hold back as much as you possibly can for now. I will officially call spoilers in a second. Like this is oh, this so is completely spoiler free. This is completely okay. spoiler free. Oh, it was oh, never mind. The last thing I'll say about it and the gripe I had before about it coming on Disney Plus, whatever, that's a fake gripe. If I actually have one gripe about this movie, it is that watching the trailer lets you know certain things are coming. And that's the only time that I was taken out of this movie. It's pretty on the nose. Like, everything you thought might have been happening in the trailer was what was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really seeing how it came to that point that was the entertaining part. There were some trailer moments that were like, okay, okay, cool. Like, um, it was like, it didn't take me out of the movie at all. It was just like, okay, cool that this is happening. Like, it's an epic moment. But then there were some trailer moments... Um, that whenever they come up in the movie, it's just like, oh, well, now I know what's going to happen, um, so I'm not going to be surprised in any way. As if I if I if I didn't watch the trailer, then I would be like very surprised, and this would be like a whole different, you know, feeling um, or whatever. Um, but there's nothing we can really do about that. Um, no, like yeah, they, they're like going to have to release trailers and whatever. But uh, and we're going to watch them. Obviously, we're not just and there's no way to avoid them. it at this point. Like if you're not. If you're one of the people who's like, well, I won't watch a trailer because I don't want anything spoiled for me, you were going to know regardless that Doc Ock and Green Goblin were in this movie if you were on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless you went out of your way months ago to mute that shit and make sure you couldn't see anything. Uh, It was always something you knew was coming. Uh, But yeah, I think that's that for the spoiler-free discussion. Are we ready? Ready. All right, one second. To the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed in now. We'll talk until we can't no more. And then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Podcast. 
Spoilers are now on the table. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, get the fuck out of here. It's your fault uh, if you stay. Yeah, and if you have not seen it and you want to stay, that's on you. Know that spoilers are coming. And if somehow you can't control your phone and you, it, this is plain and you can't stop it, just cover your ears the best you can because... For like the next two hours. Uh, I don't want to spoil this movie for anyone on Earth because the experience... It's special. ...is awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to give a countdown. If you are not gone by then, it is all your fault three two one we did it people we they're, got our boys they're here <laughs> I mean we knew it we, we knew it we, we kind of like, knew but we did it we, I mean like we're so distrusting at this point mm. that we're like don't want to tip my hope <laughs> you know if you if you if you expect disappointment you can never really be disappointed oh man you know what I'm saying what so like uh, uh, I've I've sensed, uh, I used to have that point of view, um, like legitimately. I used to be a lot more pessimistic of a person. Um, I've since gone away from it, um, just because, I don't know, it seems like logical. Yeah, it makes sense. But like, do you really want to live your life like that? It's not a ton of fun. Yeah, that's not fun Uh, at all. But, uh. No, and I think this, that's that's certainly a theme throughout this movie, obviously, is that like, uh, while it's easy to enter that place. You know, get down to a point where it's like, clearly none of this shit matters. Why should I care about this? This isn't my responsibility. None of this is. Uh, this is beyond beyond my hands. Uh, you know, with with great power comes that great responsibility, and and thus, uh, and uh, let's let's start here with uh, with some of the major things in this movie that uh, that we liked. So they nailed Toby and Andrews. Uh, introduction to this movie the first scene with Andrew proving to MJ and Ned that he is Peter Parker by sticking to the ceiling him having to end up crawling around on it get the cobwebs for them it was perfect like that's just like a perfect reintroduction to Andrew's Andrew's Peter and then Toby steps through and it's like oh fuck and our theater just went absolutely berserker mode for that they loved it uh but my single favorite thing about their introduction and its its placement in the movie in the movie and its purpose is that it is to emotionally support Tom's Peter after Aunt May has died. They are literally the only two people who can possibly understand what he's going through because they have Aunt May's they know and love. They've lost Uncle Ben's. They've lost Gwen Stacy's. The, and Andrews Andrews lost both. Uh, Damn. But, like, them, and the immediate, you know, Tom looking at Andrew and going, don't tell me you know how I feel. And him being like, okay. Because he knows exactly how he feels. So he knows he doesn't want to get told, I know how you feel. So, like, the whole, the whole meta little, like, we're the same person, so I know exactly how you're feeling, actually. Uh, it's 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 really really cool, uh, and it was it would have been easy to fuck up. They could they could have butchered this, and they didn't. Like, I love the domino effect of this movie. How like everything hits this, hits this, 
hits this. Mm-hmm. It's this movie was so well done, and I don't think we could ask for a better one like this. Okay, it's easy to fuck up, like you just said, Colton, and then to mess and then to make the multiverse seem kind of like it's like, ah, damn, is this really what we're about to do for a like, whole fucking you know phase? It's easy to basically, make it, yeah, it's easy to make it seem not so serious or important, but incorporating like Doctor Strange and into it, and then I love how MJ is. She's not at the battle like all the other girls, like Gwen, like Gwen just wanting to go to help Peter or Mary Jane just always just getting fucking stolen. Yeah. But she's like closed this portal and then up uh, now I'm here. She's working with them. And like that's that's another one of the best best parts of this movie is that uh you know, along with the uh butchering of Spidey of Peter Parker's name, they go right along with that. You know, like, since they were such close associates of Peter Parker, they're immediately taboo to, to you know, college admissions and everything like that. And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we go, maybe we go on that for a second, the, the whole launching off point of this movie, uh, that opening sequence with J. Jonah Jameson announcing, you know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man the way they portrayed what that revelation would be like to the public and like what it would do to media and how it would devour the world. That would be the, he, he would be the most famous person alive and the helicopters following him. I was just like, Holy fucking shit. This is just like, so it felt so surreal. Like it was like, this is absolutely exactly what would happen Mm. if, if, the world found out who Spider-Man was. You know what I'm saying? It uh solidified my opinion of fuck the media even more. Right. Um I I just like come on man like um it, it just it's just J Jonah Jameson's character. He has to, you know, crap on Spider-Man. He just has to. And man. how about how about the portrayal of the Daily Bugle in this movie? It's not a well-established news organization. What establishes it as a news organization is its inflammatory uh, reporting on Spider-Man. Like it, it saw its rise from conspiracy theory and and uh, in his apartment, and, like the green screen setup in the mm-hmm. apartment with all the the, the pinned up the, shit yeah, on the walls. Cool. Oh, the, and, oh yeah, and the just like you know, uh, drawing a cultist following from inflammatory uh, via inflammatory means. Huh. Hmm. Weird timing on that one uh, feels feels a little on the nose and appreciated because this is exactly another thing that would happen if Spider-Man was real. This like that whole side of the story was just spot fucking on. But I think it is funny that like when it is time to like contact the world. Hey, world, if you're watching. I'm a call the Daily Bugle dot net. I think that's funny. I just thought that was a little funny. And obviously by that time in the movie, they've seen their rise a little bit via their reporting on Spider-Man. But it is funny because like they're apparently not the biggest news organization in the world. And this is what makes them one of the biggest news news stations in the world. That's uh, I just Jonah J like just having him in here is like we he was already like con- like is he a variant, you know? Or yeah, J.K. Simmons is yeah the uh, a variant J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Oh wait, this is J.K. 
Wait, Jonah. Wait, hold on. J. Jonah Jameson is the character played by J.K. Simmons. Right? Am I have, do I have that name right? Oh, like the his real life name is J.K. Simmons. Th- that's not. I'm saying like, uh, is this like from Toby's? Like, because it's the same actor, you know? Yeah, yeah. And oh, Toby so are you saying one, like, like, is he a variant or is he just like an absolute care? Like, he's just in every in every, every reality. He is Jonah J. Jameson. Well, I, th- like, I think I think I think it makes sense that like we saw with Loki that they can look the same. True. With President Loki, they just like don't all the time. Uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this is a, this is a variant J. Jonah Jameson. However, it would be awesome if he's like one of the absolute points of the multiverse. Like no matter what, J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. That would be one of my favorite things. Um, and frankly, I'm behind it. Um, but uh, uh, the way the way people were coming at Zin, uh, coming at MJ at the beginning was a little, like it put, I was immediately like, "Nah, fuck off! Everybody, get the fuck off my uh, off MJ." She's like a. Uh, Whenever that guy's like, "Are you Spider Man's girlfriend?" Are, yeah. are wait, are you? Sp-? And then uh, the whole chick being like, uh, "Wait, you killed Mysterio!" Oh, Spider Man hit me! me. Spider Man yeah. hit me! I was <laughs> like, the "Dude, that literally tries to like jump, jump, yeah, jump and grab onto his leg like mid swing, like, jeez, like, like he's just a kid, you know? Mm. I guess like when you have a world where you have had a Thanos and all these crazy things, like, uh, it's very easy to." Disasso- like disassociate like all these superheroes as like non-human beings and just treat them like you know celebrities basically um but like damn like it felt real like what would really happen like oh yeah he wouldn't be able real. to go back to midtown high as they portrayed here like uh whenever he shows up and the three teachers greet him that we've met before uh and one of them is like nah mysterio was right <laughs> like i i think that shit's hilarious uh, the fact that the teacher made the shrine to Spider-Man and tried to convince some students to, uh, but like if you could make it over there at some point, Seriously. I would really appreciate it. I love the confirmation that the um, the school reporter is Betty. Yeah, you know that worked at the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Is that the first time we actually know if that's Betty? No, was- far from home. Far from home names. Oh, they've named her Betty. I don't think they've expressly been like this is Betty Brant, the reporter for the Daily Bugle. Later on, like I don't think we've gotten as firm confirmation as that but uh i think that like uh if if you were like to try to place this betty that probably would have been the the guess but like i don't know like i hadn't really considered it either until like they they started a tiktok page the daily bugle and (laughs) she's like one of the reporters on it (laughs) and that's when i was kind of like oh shit that's that that's the betty that is betty brandt uh but uh yeah, I, I really liked that little detail. Uh, that 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 was awesome, and uh, the most famous the most famous person alive is going to your school. What do you do? You know what I'm saying? Like a superhero goes to your school. Like, how in awe of that are you? Like, what's the? I, I wouldn't know what to do. No, yeah, like I I like. I love Flash Thompson's role in this. I was just about to speak about Flash. Yeah. Like, he is a trip. That is a phony motherfucker. Like, oh, you just phony. 
That's why I love it when Ned said, "Yeah, his real best friends." Oh, you got an MIT? Oh, why didn't why why didn't you guys? Well, because we're actually friends. Yes, with Spider Man. Uh, and I I just I just loved that because the, and at the beginning when he's reading on this phone and he's like, "No, <laughs> no," he's like, "This can't be true." <laughs> I just I really wish they it. showed the girl from the first one. What was like, What the. F- <laughs> yeah, like the um the the girl that he was in love with in the first and homecoming, one. yes, where he got Vulture locked up. Yeah, I wish you would be like that son of a bitch. Like I would, ew. It's probably a whole revelation for her. That's why uh, they was acting like that when they came to my house, right? Like, yeah, like, like that was probably a whole big connecting the dots moment for her. Probably very therapeutic. Kind of like okay, I kind of get the whole situation now. I was kind of lost on the whole thing, um, <laughs> but uh. I hadn't even considered that. That's hilarious. But ultimately, the thing that makes Peter go, I have no choice. This has gone too far. My privacy is gone. This is ruining Happy's life, my Aunt May's life. MJ and Ned can't get into college because of me. It's affecting a whole bunch of shit that it just shouldn't affect. I'm going to go get Doctor Strange to do a spell that gets everyone to forget that I'm Peter Parker. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change that spell six times in the middle of him doing it. Uh, And Wong warned him. The Sorcerer Supreme, Wong, warned him. Don't do that spell. But, you know, he was like, you know, the runes of, uh, what was it? Kafka? Kafkal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, runes of Kafkal, I think, or something like that. Uh, and he was like, "Well, Wong, do you remember this party at uh, at Kamartage?" And he's like, "No, exactly. This works, <laughs> and we've used it for a lot less." And I appreciated that logic because uh, it answered something I had from the trailer. I was like, "Why the fuck was Doctor Strange so open to using this spell?" Mm. And as it turns out, it's because they've used it for a lot less. Like this is something he's done before. the The true thing that fucked it up was Peter. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange was so Doctor Strange in this movie. Like, all of his lines, like, you could kind of guess them before he even said them. Please, like, Scooby-Doo this shit. Yeah, and, like, uh, um, like, don't call me Sir. Like, the whole Sir and Steve, like Steven thing was mm-hmm. cute, you know? Like, uh, I don't know, I, I love Doctor Strange in this. Like, I, and I love how he didn't, like have a huge role in the movie too they literally suspended him over the grand canyon for 12 hours like yeah. uh, i love how he didn't take over the movie and that this was like truly a spider-man movie and he um, had some incredibly emotional moments you know like the the fun uncle vibe thing mm-hmm. going on with dr strange here like you can tell this was the most empathetic dr strange has ever seemed to me uh he teared up he teared like, up and I'll, I'll get to that later mm-hmm. but like from the beginning I can tell this is a this is a guy who feels bad for this kid who lost their their male role model their father figure and Tony Stark uh, and I feel like he kind of sees like a, a void that's been left by that and it's kind of like I can help you a little bit and it's kind of like a because for a little bit you can tell he's pretty he, he seems excited about it like a little like a little bit to have a one-on-one and kind of like whenever mm-hmm. He's like, I'm I'm so sorry. I wasted your time. And Doctor Strange is like, no, no, not at all. Like, I really appreciate that you would come. Like, it's like that 
you would come to me for this sort of thing. That's kind of cool. I appreciate that. So like, uh, I, I appreciated him kind of approaching it with like a, a loving hand. Like he, he really wasn't trying to be an asshole until like, you know, Peter Parker really did fuck it up. And he's like, he makes it clear, you know, like after all that shit, I, after all the shit we've been through, like I forget that you are a 16 year old kid, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think that line's 18, kind of in there for like the, like the, kind of not a fourth wall break, but like a, these actors don't look like a sixteen year old kid, and like oh, it's yeah. to remind us, yes, Spider Man is a kid. Like uh, he just like is in he's in high school, you know. Yeah, like, he's seventeen uh, or eighteen anyway, yeah. being a senior, you know. Um, but when Doctor Strange is saying that he doesn't have the time stone. Is he saying that Wong has it or that it's destroyed? It's gone. So it's gone, gone. That's confirmed. Yeah, and like when Thanos used the used the stones to destroy the stones, and then they put them back. I I take this now as like we don't have the Infinity Stones anymore, unless there is some eventual revelation that reveals we still have Infinity Stones. Because I just thought that Wong has it, like because he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and the Sorcerer Supreme guards. Well, I guess the Ancient One didn't have it. It was just kind of there in, yeah. the, in the Sanctum. Um, but why did Doctor Strange still have the Eye of, like, Agamotto, like, there? Like, what was that even? There's nothing in there, right? Like, So my thing is that the Eye of Agamotto must have some greater ability beyond that. Um, because, in theory, it wasn't created... Like, it might have been... I can't imagine it was created with the intention of containing the time stone. Mm. It just happened to be something that was able to contain the time stone. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just unless unless of course it was something created to contain the time stone, in which case, like maybe it's like a hopeful thing, like maybe I'll mm. get this back one day. I just I would like I would like for the stones to be destroyed. Like that's what I would prefer. I would prefer if we just don't really deal with the stones anymore because yeah, be nice. we're dealing with bigger things anyways. We don't really need the stones. Yeah. Um, but. I would like to see a little bit more of the Soul Stone, just because we don't know a lot of like anything about it. I I don't want the stones to go away like completely, um, and like the Mind Stone, like Wanda, like having like connection to the Mind Stone now, like even further, like through Vision, like sh- when she touched it, like what really happened there? Like there's still like some answers. The fact that or, she like, fabricated a Mind Stone. Yeah, there's like some some things that still are kind of up in the air with the stones still that I don't feel is like everything's answered. And you know, if they want to move on, then they can move on, and I'll be fine with that. But uh, I don't know. I I don't. I'm like ninety percent in the camp that like the stones are gone, they're destroyed. But there's still part of me that's like, why wouldn't Strange be like? I don't have the stone anymore. Like they're gone. Duh. Like duh. He was like, I don't have. Like, he he made it seem that like it was still around, but he just didn't have it. In my opinion. Yeah, like, where he was like, I like, I get, I get it, but I don't have the time stone anymore. And that's like exactly what he says. So it's like the implication is that time stone could still exist. He just doesn't have it anymore. Uh, and I think I think it's like. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that one day that'll be wrapped back around. Uh, I don't see it being anytime soon. Uh, the Infinity Stones, mm. in some capacity. Uh, but I, like, I don't think there'll be a story element for a while. Because every time I try to walk through the time travel of the whole thing, the way they put it back, and then like because Thanos would have to have them to do the first snap, then he destroyed them. 
but then they're put back in place, but then Thanos is dead, so he can't destroy them anymore. I take it I take but it as a closed loop. Yeah, but like it it can go both ways. Like st- story writing wise. Like yeah. like uh either whenever they put the stones back, they continue on and that Thanos is now dead and th- like but Thanos has to happen, so no, he doesn't die. The only thing is that like now what is a part of that timeline is the snap to bring everyone back and putting the stones back into place and then the timeline plays out again so that Thanos wins, they have to snap everyone back five years later and put the stones back and then they have to go, Thanos has to win and then they have to put the stones back five years later. So like, it's just like, it. that's the loop, you know? It's it's a mind fuck. It is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Doctor Strange of it all in this movie was very effective, and it's one of the things that I was concerned about was that Doctor Strange would be a too big a part of this movie. You know, uh, the way that people had concerns about Iron Man being a part of Spider Man's story, I think they had even bigger concerns about this movie being a little bit more of a Doctor Strange thing than a Spider Man thing, and it it was not at all like Doctor Strange really was a means to an end and an element of the story that did not dominate uh, the the whole battle between them I'd say takes place before the halfway point like he's gone before the halfway point of the movie yeah there. how what do you do you guys think they gonna do something magical with Ned yeah yeah, just because, like, there was just enough subtle hinting at it that it's like uh, he had such an innate ability with the sling ring, which is, uh, as Doctor Strange, like, doesn't point out, but, you know, the silence speaks volumes here where he was like, uh, you know, did you open a portal? And Ned's like, yeah. And he just kind of looks at him and nods like, oh, shit, that's that might be a thing then. And even during the spell, um, when... Peter says Ned's name for the first time. The rune thing that happens. And what's he takes, a Ned? What's a Ned? Yeah, like something happened there um, with Ned. Like Ned is bigger than like than I ever thought like he would be. And that the fact that he lives with his grandma, like his parents are gone. Why are his parents gone? Why is he living with his grandma? Like if his father so happens to be the Sorcerer Supreme or an uncle, could be pretty cool if Wong is related to him somehow. That would um, be cool. But I hope, I don't know, it's kind of, they're the only two Asians in the movie and it's hard just to, you know, I don't want to say they're related just because of that, like, uh, but like, it would be awesome. If, it like, would Wong be a is, really cool like, way to tie yeah. that into the ma- the magical and the, the super powered side of the universe. Like, yeah, him just having the, like, the, uh, the Doctor Strange, like his cape. What the something of levitation? Cloak of, Le- Cloak Le- of levitation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him having that on, you know, him opening like come like obviously his story's gonna get him mentioning that his family has a little bit of a of a magical bloodline, but he, uh, you know, sometimes he feels tingles in his hands. <laughs> I think you should talk to your physician. <laughs> you should contact your physician. But, uh, yeah, the the and MJ and Ned were another part of this movie that was just fucking great. Like they they were per like. That's something this movie somehow did so incredibly well. They utilized the characters exactly as much as they needed to. Like, there was not a character I could have used more. I mean, like, I'll get to it. There are a couple characters I could have used more of on the villain side. But on the whole, 
They did a really good job of not underutilizing characters, and they certainly didn't overutilize characters. Uh, it was just a it was just a perf a perfect, uh, really writing for these characters. Like they the the arcs were succinct, they were to the point, and uh, they were well done. Mm. Yeah, I love. Uh, I guess we can go through maybe like the villains like one by one. Because uh, yeah, so, that, that, that'll take us through, like, a lot of the movie, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's start with Doc Ock, then. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, if there's a if there's a villain in the story you're coming away with going, like, that was the satisfying beginning-to-end story for a villain, it's Doc Ock. That, the redemption. The redemption Doc Ock gets in this, coming off of a, you know, he does ultimately come around in Spider-Man 2, uh, but... This Doc Ock doesn't know that yet. Uh, and I, I love Doc Ock in this movie. And yeah. Th- there was, this is where the callback was. Uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock says he's not going to sit around and let some teenage boy uh, play with a uh, uh, a drawer full of scraps. Uh, uh, so I, I think I think there might have been like a little bit of a nod, like given the Iron Man Spider Man connection they've created in the MCU, like a little bit of a like, I'm not gonna let this kid do whatever the fuck he's gonna do with this drawer of scraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, you know, he's able to do what he did with the drawer of scraps. <laughs> so like, I think that's kind of like the the parallel I got I got out of it. Yeah, and uh, it was something I was going to say. Shit. With Doc Ock? Oh, I love how, like, he took off, like, the nanotech, and it goes, like, onto his arms, and he's just like... <sighs> You've outdone like, wow. yourself, Peter. <laughs> that, and also, I kept thinking that that control was going to end how many times they kept on going like, back, going back to, to it. it. I was like... I can't believe it never failed. Like, it, that was just, like, I'm not so an element shocked. of the movie. Yeah, like, th- there for a little bit, it was just, like, Doc Ock's incapacitated. He's just going to talk to you for a while. That's all. Uh, he'll lash out a little bit, but it won't be a threat. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed that because it was, like, when they first reveal that, whenever he does take over the the legs and he removes the, the admissions lady from the car and puts her back up using Doc Ock, and Doc Ock all the while is going, like, no. What the hell? Don't do no. I just love him when he came back to Doctor. You know, like when he came back to Otto, mm. he was like, "It's so quiet." All the voices, I don't like, hear them. It just make you feel sad. Like, oh, he was literally just he going was, fucking insane. Yeah, he was hearing the voices from the arms. You know. Um, one of the predict my predictions that came right was that Peter would fabricate the chip that goes on top of uh, Doc Ock's thing. Um, and that was just super satisfying to see, like, the replicator or the uh, whatever that thing's called. Like, being like it was in the... It was in No Way Home whenever he Far made, home. like, his own suit, like, in yeah. the back of that jet. And that's just cool that Happy kept it. Um, but I, I love, like, the... Uh, whenever uh, Norman's right there with him and he's like, if you want a job, like... Oh, like, he, he admired, like, the genius of Peter Parker. Um that was a just, multiversal way, mm-hmm. you know. Was uh, just awesome, dude. Oh. I and that's something that I didn't anticipate from this movie 
was thinking that Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina were going to be better. Mm. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, like, it's it's almost like they've had 20 years to sit on these characters and they were like, okay, yeah. Like, I got I, this shit. Let's do this. Yeah. Because, uh, mm. yo, Willem Dafoe's performance, I love him in Spider-Man 1. He really, he really make he's part of what makes that movie and we got to watch it right before we went to the theater. We got that back to back. And I don't think his performance has quite the nuance it does in No Way Home. Like, there's something else in No Way Home that, that makes you pity Norman Osborn more than you do in Spider-Man uh, in, in in the Raimi trilogy. Literally, what we was when I asked you when we was watching the first Spider-Man movie, when I said, do you think this is Marvel's Joker? This movie was like, like if all all you had to do was just like just paint over his skin, and you nah. would think it's the Joker. You would think it is like the, the shit he was saying, the uh, the actions he took. The thing is, is that like we haven't in a while had a villain who is evil for the sake of being evil, and yes. the Goblin is just bad. Doesn't the Goblin like, is just fucking bad? He didn't have any reason to kill May. No fucking reason. He just evil as shit. But still, he was just evil as shit. Like, he was just evil. That that was one bad green elf. That was, yeah, one bad flying green elf. I, I agree that this dude is just pure evil for evil's sake. Like, it's a true, like, yin-yang, uh, like, relationship between Peter and, uh, and, and Green Goblin. But, uh, him killing May, like... Just, God, what it just a fucking scene! Just had to happen. Like uh, Peter it had made, to have that moment that all the other Peters had. Like, oh, it's per- like it made and, so much sense. And and what it does for me is reframe, like that scene alone, reframes the entirety of this trilogy. Because mm. what we thought Peter Parker's origin story to be, getting bit by the spider, and having to go through the trials and tribulations of figuring his powers out, sure. That is when the spider bites him. He becomes Peter Parker when his loved one tells him great power become is uh, comes with great responsibility and then dies. Mm-hmm. That's when Spider-Man is born. You know what I'm saying? This and was his that true is, origin movie. When that's like. the revelation that Toby goes, with, comes great responsibility. And then they look at Andrew and Andrew's like, yeah. Yeah, like we all we all heard that one, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like that's that was the turning point in our lives, basically. Um, like the whole, I guess if you if you're like a a very casual fan watching this and you don't have all of this knowledge of of Andrew and and Toby Spider Man, um, like I I still think this movie is super good, like for a casual fan. But like having that knowledge and like all just the the callbacks they had, like, during just the entire time, like, oh, just, they executed it so well. The thing I loved that I did not anticipate and that I had questions about coming into was, like, I was I was like, well, is this the Norman Osborn? Is this the Norman Osborn from the MCU reality just happening to be in this movie? No. They are all the exact characters you saw in the other movies. All those things happened to them. Exactly. And it's like, oh, okay, 
then this is fucking awesome. You know, like, like it's like they just went ahead and took it to that level because they could have gone like, no, actually, like, it's a similar reality, but it's not the reality. No, they just went, fuck it. It's that reality. You know what villain really stands out to me the most? I was shocked was the exact same character, Sandman. That's so, that surprised the shit out of me because there was nothing in my bone that I thought it was going to be the exact same one that was in Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. But when he came up like, oh, what's up, motherfucker? What you doing? And then I... I I wonder if there's like some sort of I, I thought this after Venom Let There Be Carnage. If there is something to the symbiotes that is a little multi like a little bit of like a multiversal thing. Like, do they have such a strong hive mind sort of thing with the symbiotes that it extends that far? Is that why at the post credit scene here, Venom is able to stay behind? And is that why potentially Venom would remember a Spider-Man as he licks the screen in Venom Let There Be Carnage? Well, the reason for my that's a good theory that honestly probably makes more sense than mine. I was going with it on a factual like thing of being you you know like Venom is basically just like his cells are just constantly like going crazy and yeah. all that stuff. The Spider-Men, even though they're here, they're all the same person. But I was thinking about scientific sense that, like, since, you know, like, they said, like, every seven years you're a new human because all the cells have been replaced. What if, like, that Venom that came off already evolved itself to the point it's not the same Venom? Right. Okay. And then that's how I thought. See, I was trying to be very, like, scientific with mine. I feel you. I feel you on that, though. But, yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. And see, like... The thing I just loved about this movie is that they they managed to get the villain from every live action Spider Man movie before Tom's, and 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 like in a way I was thinking maybe that kind of includes that kind of includes Venom, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, um, Jamie Fox as Electro is uh, okay. The only part that I'm kind of confused on is like, um is the reason that he gets his body back and that he looks, like, good, not the comb-over, whatever, Jamie Foxx, because in this universe, like, in the MCU, he is Jamie Foxx, like, the actor, and, like, he just looks like that, you know, know, like, why does he look like that in this movie? I'm going, I'm going uh, with the idea that the new power he's felt uh, kind of, it gave him the power to reinvigorate his body, recreate his body in the image he would have liked okay. to have. That been. makes a lot more sense because I was like, are they going like really meta with this? Because like I Jamie like Foxx, I am in this reality. Yeah, like Jamie Foxx is like in the MCU timeline. Like fuck you. Like yeah, because like in Andrew's universe, he is Electro, but in Tom's universe, he's just Jamie Foxx, the actor. So I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, his body is just Jamie Foxx, the actor. That'd be funny. Um, and, like, that's the image, like, oh, I like this new look or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it makes way more sense that he just recreated himself in an image that, that he would want. Um, but that was, that was like, the only, like, I was thinking that the whole time, like, is this really just the real Jamie Foxx? Right. And, like, he's now, like, Electro or whatever. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, okay. One of the things that I did love about all the villain storylines is that, like, due to the fact that they were the characters from the realities we've seen. It was really important to me that they properly continue the stories in a way that I believed. One of the things that I couldn't wrap my mind around 
was why Sandman seemed like a villain in the trailers. Because he clearly comes around. And when they introduce him fighting alongside Spider-Man against Electro, like, Peter, what the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck's going on? He's like, I'm not your Peter. You're not my Peter. (laughs) The fuck does that mean? He's like, I don't know. I can explain it later. Uh, help me take down this guy. He's like, all right, I got you. Like, I, I loved that. Like, the mm. fact that he was immediately like, yeah, I'm in. I'll help you because, like, I, I'm on Peter Parker's side. And then, you know, it's also very Sandman to immediately gain a distrust of him. Uh, that also made perfect sense. And therefore, you know, the rest of the story makes makes a lot of logical sense for him. He it's really cut and dry. Yeah. He just, he just wanted, wanted to go home. home, you know, that whole time. Like... Every, he didn't. He did not care of, about anyone else's problems. He was like, "Yeah, let's just get through this a little quicker so that I can go home." Exactly. Uh, all right. Cool. Um, he like, I don't know. Like, whenever like, I think it was Doc Ock and and uh, Norman going back and forth. He was like, "Can you guys just shut up?" Yeah, um, exactly. The faster we can get this over with, like, we can, we can all go home. Whatever. Like, um, yeah, it was just, man, I don't know his. I was, like, satisfied with his storyline. I feel like he could have had, like, a little bit more, um, like, a little bit more depth to his storyline a little bit. It was, no, it, yeah. It, it, it but, was uh, clearly that, like, he was one of the, he was just one of the characters that they weren't going to be able to expand upon a lot. So they had to make a story, really, this happens, this happens, and that's that. Um, so we've talked Doc Ock, we've talked a little Green Goblin, obviously, obviously, we'll come back around on him. Talked a little Electro. And uh, and Sandman, uh, the only villain that kind of makes me go, huh, was the was Lizard. Yeah, I did understand what he was really trying to say. What was his thing? What was what? What side of the issue was he on? Was he yeah. even on a side of the issue? The way I think of it is that he's just smart enough to realize that this. Peter taking them to this apartment's going to go bad because when he says like and now it begins like I think he was just like this is going to go bad no matter what um, because he was like we can either die or go with you not much of a choice so like he has to obviously go with him he's like he's not going back to die he knows that like yeah. if he goes back he's no longer a lizard and he's dying so like screw that for him he's going but he knows this is going to go south and that's the only thing I can think of is See, like, and that's the thing. Like I and framing it like that, it's another one that's really cut and dry. It's just, it's just one that's like, he knows going back to his reality means he dies. Uh, so he's on the opposite side of whoever's trying to make that happen. Uh, that's and that's just kind of it. Like, and clearly he doesn't want to not be a lizard. He wants to make everyone a lizard. Yeah, he, he thought the he thought that was the natural next step in evolution, uh, was them becoming lizards, uh, the lizard people. Uh, and one thing that also confused me about his character is there absolutely any reason he would have actually known Max had a comb over and goofy teeth when he comes at him like that. Max wasn't famous. Max wasn't a person who was known. There's absolutely no reason Lizard would have ever known who Electro was. <laughs> uh, and that was the only thing in the movie where I was like, that's a little bit of a, like, I'll let it slide because we gotta, like, everyone's gotta know each other in some way to explain it, but, like... 
I, I, I guess he did work at Oscorp. I didn't even think about that. Like, he probably did, he probably did see him. He did, he did work at Oscorp. So, you know, like, there's probably some loose connection. I mean, if, if, Con- if Connors knew who Max Dillon was, then, like, he was, he was a pretty, pretty good boss getting to know all, all of his employees. Uh, cause he was pretty high up if I had, if I had to take a swing at that. Uh, the, the thing that I want to say real quick about Peter is when he has, like, his, Video game spider sense in his astro for astro, like astro projection form, like you oh, actually saw the dude. Yeah, you see the the I squiggles was, coming off his head. I was like, oh yes, and and it, it made sense. Like it will fit right there. It kind of poses an interesting thing. Not like not. I don't think it'll actually ever play into the character itself, but his enhanced spider sense. It is directly tied to his astral form his connection to his astral form his astral form is enhanced and therefore his astral form can sense when things are coming and it tells him i always thought that like spidey sense was just um hey this is about to happen and then he has to react like i thought it was always just he had very fast like reaction but like spidey sense was telling him but now it's like his spider sense is really like does the movement for him. It's an impulse. Yeah, it's it's very like because he's completely out of his physical self and his physical self is doing it on its own. So like it, the connection is there. I guess like that's what they're like going but it's like it's just it like deepened my understanding of like what spy like the spider's tingle, I guess if we want to get yeah, the MCU talk, official. The uh what his tingle really is. Um and I I just it's even cooler now that it's like straight up in like it's just in oh, the dolly like, cam thing they did every time they they portrayed it happening they'd play like a sound that was reminiscent of the spider-man spidey sense sound from the raimi trilogy but it wasn't quite that same mm-hmm. sound and uh the way they just like framed it up in front of his face and then like you just like you followed him in front of him wherever he was going and they're like what the fuck's going on and he's like I don't know I don't know but I'm gonna fucking figure out and when he does and he he webs Green Goblin to the wall and he's like oh that is a fancy little trick of yours (laughs) Uh, just even Norman respects Peter even more you know as a scientist and now as his villain form respecting his uh his hero abilities, but uh, and I'm, I love the yin yang between the two. Like that sparks for me what is one of the best one on one fights in the entire MCU to this point between Peter and uh, Norman. Obviously, there's a little bit more going on with Electro shooting Doc Ock out the window and Sandman kind of doing his own fucking thing all the meanwhile and Lizard also coming after Spider-Man once he's outside of the building and then throwing him back inside. What the fuck was Jesus. that? What the fuck was Lizard going, I told you there'd be consequences, grabbing him and then throwing him back into the fight with Norman? Yeah. That that very part told me there was some weird plan that he was in on with Norman. But they like I don't have any other reason to believe that. That would be the only example of proof. I it would could have. have been a cut scene. Just to 
you know, make the, you know, they like when no one else point. was around in the dungeon thing, they, they hash something out. But then why wouldn't Doc Ock and Electro know and or say something? So it was an interesting one to me, and I think it was just I I take that as now that we've worked through Lizard's kind of point a little bit more. That's he's clearly not doing well in this fight. He ran away. He's the guy I'm trying to beat. I'm gonna go ahead and throw him back in that fight. Deuces. Uh, it's like the only logic I can apply to it is that he's like, hey, you losing means I win. That's all. Um, the uh, the fight scenes in the movie were amazing, but also the score is going with it. Was so intense, dude. I I, I have never experienced like fight scenes and that music that was so like this is so good. And I don't even th- is this like a new score because I know some hints of it sound like you know the homecoming music, but it sounds like evolved. Michael Giacchino, man, no, he's he's the he's the one who scored Homecoming, scored Far From Home, scored Doctor Strange, scored Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, the guy who scored this is well Jurassic established. World. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. This dude, this dude body has bodied every soundtrack he's been a part of. And yes, No Way Home is just far and away the best of the Spider-Man trilogy for my money. Uh, this Spider-Man trilogy, uh, it was going all on the background throughout our Patreon. Is what I was playing was the No Way Home soundtrack available now. Yeah, these fight scenes, um, like whenever. Uh, Toby, Andrew, and Tom all link up and like, all right, let's go as a team now. Um, one, two, three, all right, we're all linked up. And then they s- swung around for the first time, like all Fuck. together, and they're swinging off each other and like doing all these, like they like they hit, I don't know, every satisfying bone in my body, like that wanted just to see Spider-Man do cool stuff. Like they hit everything. They like, just they were just like, hey, endorphin, 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 yeah, endorphin, endorphin, like straight, straight serotonin into the bloodstream. Um, like, you know, even when they're throwing, like, the cure, passing off to, to one, Spidey yeah. back to the other, you know, and bam. Peter one! Uh, like, oh, man, was just was just beautiful. And I, I, I do want to come back around on the whole Toby, Andrew, because that's going to be I guess, yeah, an villains. extensive conversation there. Um, yeah, uh, finishing on Connors, um, like, I just think there's not much to his character anyways. He's mm-hmm. just a lizard that wants to make everyone a lizard, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, it, there's not much they could really do with him. So it was just kind of like, he can't go home. It's his only option to make Peter lose. Right. So that's just how it had to happen. I, and, but, and it ultimately does lead to Peter losing. That fight sequence where, you know, uh, Peter... Uh, body slams Norman Osborn through a floor and then Norman Osborn does a spine buster that sends him through three floors uh, and then Spider-Man jumping up on his shoulders and just hammering the fuck away with his fists just dish, 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 and Norman just <laughs> laughing his ass off smiling I was just like yes. oh fuck this is f- this is amazing. This is amazing. And like one thing that I love about it, it's like it, it probably could have been easy to get lost in like all these big characters and a Spidey and then when they have any conversations, it could be easy to get lost. Right. Just to be like, yeah, okay, now we, okay. Like 
it could have been too much at one time. Mm. But the pacing was so spot on. It was on point. Like they knew exactly what they needed to do. And that scene with him like swinging through the forest on sunset. Oh, that color grading and that. No, I uh, beautiful. I, I I audibly was like, oh. Like, I just loved that. As soon as they showed him swinging from, like, the power lines and just, like... Love how that suit is just... It's inside out. Um, The gold, black and gold suit, it's just inside out. And the wires and everything that we thought were, like, you know, crazy. Like, I I was speculating so much about the suit. I thought the phone was, like, a TVA tablet. Like, I was going crazy. It's just inside out. That was one of my predictions that came true. Mm. It was just a FaceTime call with MJ and Ned. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh... But that, uh, even love how he, like, stayed to fix the lines even afterwards, you know, like, uh, just to, like, make sure that the, the media wouldn't portray him in a bad light again. Like, yeah. that was just, like, I, everything, like, this movie, like, there's no slow part. And even if it is slow, like, it's very critical to the story. Um, like, the slow parts are whenever Peter is, like, creating the antidote to the villain or, like, uh, an MJ and and Tom moment, like it, the slow parts are still critical to the story. Like this isn't a two and a half hour movie that like it just never slows down. Like it's just important the whole way through. And the scenes that are slower, like the scenes with Peter and MJ, because uh, those are typically when when it when it slows down. It's them one on one. It's them on the FaceTime call. It's them at the diner figuring out their college admission stuff. Uh, like. Those scenes were so incredible in developing the relationship of MJ and Peter because we in Far From Home, they've kind kind of just started. This, I was like, these two have been dating a while and they're in love. I love this. Everything yes. about this is amazing to me. Uh, and they made me feel that. Uh, that that FaceTime call, like they just get Spidey and MJ. You know what I'm saying? He's he's venting about how he's the most famous person in the world, and he's still broke. You know, like that's just such a little Spidey detail, and uh, the whole little they're 17 and 18, and they're on a FaceTime call. I can't wait to see you tomorrow. And Happy being like, "All right, we get it. You're not breaking any new ground here. You guys like each other. Let's fucking move on." Uh, I just loved that. I just love how, like, this MJ is, it seems more organic than Mary Jane. I agree. It is. That's why I say Gwen Stacy in this one. It's, like, the best ones. But it's, like, still, this one had so much of an element to it that it's felt different mm. that I've seen with a Spider-Man live-action relationship. It just seems more... It feels more real. This real. is This is how, yeah. this is how in a, a relationship at this age would unfold, you know? And I do think, uh, I think one thing that's important for like the development of the relationship and like the development of Tom as Spider-Man and stuff in Spider-Man one, Toby and MJ and Harry graduate high school in the amazing Spider-Man two. It is starting with them graduating high school. Like we get to the end of this trilogy and Tom hasn't graduated high school. And I think that like th- that very fact points to just how much longer they're expanding this story with Tom. Like another trilogy's coming. Oh yeah. Like 
probably. Like, this is his origin, or a prequel to the origin. I mean, like... Like, in, in, <laughs> in like, Star Wars reference, this is the prequel trilogy. Mm. Like, we're, like, we're about to get the original trilogy, like, mm-hmm. in, in theory. And, uh... Zendaya as MJ just kills it like her uh it's not just like a girl that's Spider-Man's girlfriend it's not just Spider-Man's girlfriend that like MJ really is or like Mary Jane is in like the first movie she doesn't really have like an identity to her she's just like the girl who that's needs there saving. to be yeah to who needs saving but like uh Zendaya likes character she has a true identity to herself you know she like doesn't take shit from anybody she even like impresses Doctor Strange a little bit, you know, yep. like whenever she says like the whole the please thing, like he Doctor Strange was like mm, Scooby Doo. You know what? Shit. You know, he was like he was like, okay. Like, you know, I'm not mad at you actually like like I can't believe I'm like, in the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> I can't believe you are either. Mm. <laughs> uh I just absolutely loved this movie front to back. And uh go ahead. In the ending, is is it confirmed that Peter dropped out of high school? Uh, the, but he had a GED thing in his bag. Uh, he didn't just drop out of high school. He's no longer enrolled in high school. Nobody remembers who he is. He can't. I like, thought. I thought it wasn't. Like nobody know who he is, but nobody knew he was Spider Man. No, the end is nobody knows who Peter Parker is. You're right. You're right. So he is. He's wiped from. Like I don't think this man even technically exists. Like legally. Like, birth certificate. Like, nobody knows this man exists. Because Aunt May is gone. Uh, They make it clear with Happy at the end. And MJ. And Ned. And, uh, I mean... You know what? What? What can undo that sort of uh, that sort of spell? But like a, I don't know. A deal that kind of sucks for Peter. I feel bad for Peter. I think like, there's only one thing that can. It's a deal with the devil. They keep teasing him, man. The, you know, devil in disguise. The the poster. It was in the trailer. Like they're teasing him. Um, like I don't know. Does does Tom Holland Spider Man? Is that how we get introduced to Mephisto? You know, to make like because he can't go to Strange anymore because everything he tried with Strange is done, and Strange doesn't know him anymore. So he. You know, see, here's my thing is that, like, I don't think we'll fall back on that again because it would be replicating a storyline. It would be like, okay, I went to Doctor Strange to help people forget. I'm going to go to Mephisto to help these specific people remember. Mm. Uh, And maybe maybe they pull it off in a way that's like a really cool mirror to it. Uh, But you run you run the risk of it being just just doing it again. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, that that. There are Mephisto Spider-Man storylines that involve Doctor Strange, uh, and it would all it would all make sense. But like, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. I'm curious to think of like what this. Um, if we get a new trilogy, I'm kind of like just assuming that we're getting a new Tom trilogy. But um, whatever he goes in next, which he's he's gonna have some other movie. Um, one movie regardless, I think. Um, like I'm curious if. Um, ha- him having literally nobody just drives him insane, and then Venom comes along, and like he just goes on a tear because like uh, in Spider-Man's storyline, like they have this rageful, you know, murder spree basically that they go on, 
and Tom almost did with Green Goblin, and like it was redeemed. But was that really like, if if they're going with like every Spider Man goes through like these same things, like has he had his rageful, you know, experience it made me, it yet? Made me bitter, you like, know, like he was very rageful against Green Goblin in that last fight. Like he was not pulling his punches at all. He dented the fuck out of that shield, like. And they, in like, the theater, it was known that he punched, like, the loud, like, sound, like, they made you know, like, this dude is not... It, there was, like, punch. an audible reaction in our theater, too, that was like, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, damn, he was, like, trying to punch and murder that man just now. But is that his, is that Tom's, like, was that his rageful thing and it's all wrapped up already? Or do you think... Well, I don't think it's, I don't think that things like that are ever really wrapped up. You know, he lost his mother figure. That's not something that one event will immediately erase the trauma that he Mm. experienced in that moment. Like he, that moment is the first step in him accepting who he needs to become beyond, uh, beyond the Peter Parker Spider-Man he's been, uh, the new direction he needs to go in. And I think that Toby being the one who stops him, uh, stopping the, the spike from coming down reminiscent of in Spider-Man when he's holding green goblins from coming down on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really important that it showed that Tom Holland, uh, his Peter Parker, like he was clearly in a berserker rage mode because he continued to try and push it down. And Toby was very much so underneath it. Like, like that's true. Like he, he was like, I'm gonna keep going. That's true. And, to, and I, I love the look that Tobey Maguire's Peter gave Tom Tom Holland in that moment, where he just like, like he was he was like perfectly stone faced, like you know who you are, and this isn't it. Mm. No words were spoken, and you, you could. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Uh, like no words have to be spoken between these Spider Men. Like it's you just know they know, um, and that's like the beauty. Like of this is they just don't have to even speak to each other. They never do. It's it's like like Aurora was about to say the face acting. But. Yeah, like Tom's face acting with like Aunt May's death, and that I can't remember what scene it is, but it looked like he looks at like his side or something, and he and one side of his face is like dark and it's not but blood. Oh, it's it's I think it's after Aunt May's death, and he's looking up at a. Uh, he's looking up at the J. Jonah Jameson's message to the city about how everywhere. Yeah. And then um, how he said, you know, right when he kissed Aunt May and said, I'm so sorry. Oh, my. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Bro. And the that scene tore me the fuck apart, bro. The uh, the uh, I'm just I'm just going to take a breath. She had like the way she had seemingly no idea she was dying kind of in this blissful other reality as she's fading away uh and just the god and the way they stay with it it's not one that just like they don't cut away from that early you know what i'm saying like you watch tom sit there with her dead body for quite some time quite some time pleading look at me may may please look at me please Please, please. And, like and then over time, after, every time they show her face, the more like gray or blue she mm-hmm. became. Yeah, and then the ultimately it ending with the tear falling down her cheek. It's like, uh, God damn. 
That's some of the most devastating shit we've ever seen. Because, like, Aunt May hasn't died. Ever. Right? Like, not not in the movies. Uh, and I, lo- I love the way they remedied, you know. Peter, this Peter didn't seemingly know his uncle Ben, because uh, he's like, I, I take I take that to be what this means that like Peter knows there was an uncle Ben, but he didn't. He never personally knew his uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. He only ever knew his aunt May. Um, at least that's 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 where I'm at. Just because like. It's a weird thing they just like really never even tried to address uh, just just because yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's something they kind of open up to in the in the next trilogy where it's kind of like a mystery like maybe that's why they've never put anything to it like maybe there's something more to Uncle Ben's death in the MCU so we are in agreement that there's going to be another trilogy with Tom Holland yeah anything that was kind of pointing to the contrary in this press run uh, prior to No Way Home uh, I think was Tom basically publicly negotiating like uh yeah this might be it you know no because like he's he's the focal point now like he if there is any movie that officially makes you go oh well there's clearly one guy we really 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 need to keep watching in the MCU it's this fucking guy you know like this man's gonna get for my money at least six movies him not not like not like Star Wars where we get three movies with a whole set of characters and three movies with another set no Tom Holland will be the focal point of six movies in the MCU for my money I just want this mature Tom, like I mean I said Tom Spider-Man I really really want this I feel like this is like the only one that will be like kid 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 damn adult 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 so like and it's well done yeah, it, it, it it could go so so well and yeah. something recently announced in the MCU on Disney Plus Day Spider-Man freshman year the question I have now is is this a is it its own animated series or are we following what we think is our Peter Parker through his freshman year of college and they're just doing it in the animated series format Mm. Uh, because like auspicious timing you know what I'm saying like uh, we're going to college at the end of this movie seemingly like I know he's living on his own in his own apartment and stuff but like I'm assuming he's going to NYU now that he wasn't accepted in MIT or oh, shit he's, he has to get his GED college I, college might not be I was thinking the uh, the fresh start in Boston conversation they had was a foreshadow that he's going to go to Boston to protect and look over MJ, and then Ooh. MJ will fall in love with Spider-Man again, and then in turn fall in love with Peter again. Um, I think it'll go the other way around, though. I think she'll fall in love with Peter first this time instead of Spider-Man first, then Peter. Um, I guess, no, she did like Peter first, but she just didn't admit it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think, like, this one, she will very clearly, like, just love Peter from the start. It's um, it's interesting because I'm I'm really fascinated about the direction they go with that whole angle, like because the college years and the story we've set up as of right now, and the characters we've gotten, this would be when we would be introduced to 
a Gwen Stacy type character. Mm. And now that he has met Andrew Garfield, who has talked about losing his Gwen Stacy, is he going to meet a Gwen Stacy and immediately go like that, like, oh shit, there are realities where we fall in love. There are realities where we, where you die because of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't imagine what that's going to, what that's. Well, Tom, he comes off of this movie, like, he leaves Zendaya and Ned because he sees, you know, or he believes that truly anything he touches, like, turns to ruin. Like, he hears the the lines going through his head of Jonah Jameson, you know, just, just saying those things. And, like, he's like, you know what? Like, maybe they are better off without me. And I think this is just, like, a test period. I don't think this is, like, his decision that he's making for life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think. I think he just wants to see them, like, at college, um, like, in school to see how they do. And then maybe he reintroduces, like, himself. Um, but, like... Dude, I'm just so excited for the possibilities. Because this uh, this movie, and uh, now that we're kind of i think we've we've made it past a lot of the a lot of the meat of the story i want to let's let's expand this into the toby andrew peter conversation uh their interactions in this movie their introductions you know toby and andrew we've already kind of touched on them showing up and then uh speaking to speaking to tom face to face about aunt may's death and them being the ones who help him through it toby's innate sense like as soon as he showed up i've because, like, I'm assuming he saw the news. Because, I mean, you show up to a new reality. Hopefully you're checking the news just to see. Uh, and then them being like, oh, shit, Peter Parker's going through a real rough time here. We got to go fucking help this kid, man. Like, because this is, this is just rough. Uh, and then when they're all together there, working in the lab, we get the pointing meme a little bit. We get a version of, hey, Peter. What, me Peter or this Peter? I'm Peter, he's Peter. What What Peter? Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. And we're all Peter Parker. We're all Peter Parker. The memes that slid in like butter in this movie. Oh, it I'm something fit. of a scientist myself. <laughs> no, this was this was masterful. Like, Wasn't the... I, the more we talk about it, dude, like the more this might be like, it's going to take a few more viewings, but like, this might be my favorite movie of all time. Just from like a like a purely just satisfaction standpoint, like watching. We we saw Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland on screen together as Spider Man. Man, I've been watching Tobey Maguire as Spider Man since I was a fucking baby. I got to watch Tobey Maguire and Spider Man in theaters today. And the important part is that we saw them on screen, and it wasn't cheesy. It was actually executed like perfectly. Like, it wasn't like corny at all. It wasn't like, unbelievable. Their actions, yeah, it was. It was like very believable. It was like they're brothers, you know. Like they were, they were brothers. I love um, you guys. I I really wish they would have said I love you back. Like I that that was just like. like well, I I think it's interesting because I think that was one of the things that points to the differences between Andrew, Toby, and uh, Tom's Peter Parker's overall. You know, like a. Andrew always was a little bit more of the free-flowing, just kind of like goofy, a little bit more out mm. there. Uh, and also, 
of the three of them, the one who needs someone to love the most at the moment. Yeah, he does say that. He said, I, I needed to hear that. Like whenever Toby says, you're amazing, nice, three times. Another, another yeah. nice little fourth wall break. Mm. Uh, oh, wait. I don't want to read into this too much. This is really breaking it down. Mm. Three amazings? That's what I said, and I was going to bring it up too. I know exactly where you're going. Three amazings? Mm-hmm. There's only two amazings as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. The Amazing Spider-Man 3 better be fucking happening. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm... I mean, I mean, come on. He, he said it... He said it three times, and that's the first thing that hit my mind, is like, dude wouldn't have said it three times for, like, no reason. You know, like, the subtle drop of, like, you're amazing to give it enough, like, fourth wall break like of his movies, that's enough. The fact he said it three times, bro, like, that's just... it. It's intentional. Like, in my, like it just... Even if there's not a third movie coming, like, it's just for that. Like, just to give us the And, and like, here's my thing, is that, like, I don't want to get excited, you know? I don't want to get excited because it's incredibly unlikely. I think we are going to roll with Tom Holland for a while. We won't be seeing many other Spider-Man movies besides the Spider-Verse movies with Mm -hmm. Miles Morales. Uh, But there have been multiple Spider-Man comic runs happening at the same time. There's Ultimate Spider-Man. There's the Spectacular Spider-Man. There's the Amazing Spider-Man. You know? If there are multiple Spider-Man movie franchises going on, is it the worst thing in the world? Don't you think that now the universe is so big and convoluted at this point? Does it really matter if there's multiple Spider-Man franchises? I mean, like, if if the DCEU could, like, separate Ben Affleck from... You know, um, Michael Keaton's and and Robert Pattinson's. Yes, and, all at the same time because like flashbacks coming up yes. and stuff. So, like, I'm pretty sure like more Spider-Man won't hurt, especially just to give Andrew his just to make they all have three. Like, come on, just give it to him. He deserved it, especially his acting in this movie. Because I fell in love with Andrew. Here's, here's one thing I will say: Andrew Garfield officially. After this movie, is my favorite Spider-Man. I don't think he's the best, and nostalgically, Tobey Maguire will always be the guy. But like, personally, the guy I enjoy seeing on screen the most as Peter Parker, talking as Peter Parker, acting as Spider-Man, it's Andrew Garfield for me. Uh, I think Tom Holland has the best story, and I think Tobey Maguire brings Spider-Man to life in a really fun, interesting way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's quite on. I don't think he's necessarily acting chops wise on the level that Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield are. Uh, still fantastic in his own right. Like he fits. They wrote. They wrote for his Spider Man perfectly, and like the Raimi effect in those movies. Like it reminds me a little bit of of you know seventy seven Star Wars, and that like the way they talked. That's really specific to the franchise. Like you don't get a lot of stuff that's like that fast paced and that back and forth. And then when it comes to like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy, they all have this interesting, uh, comic bookiness to them. That's kind of just like, it's really short. Nobody goes on. Nobody talks with too much emotion ever. It's like really, really just back and forth informational exchange. Rarely is it like, I'm a dig deep into the heart and soul of my character and bear its feelings to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was that, um, this is a question. Was that Sandman actually the actor or was he all CGI? 
I don't know. I'd, I'd be willing to bet it was the same guy. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but he looked the exact same. And I will say, there were some shots in it where I was like, that looks... I, I feel like if I went to Spider-Man 3, I could find one that looks exactly like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The only reason I'm kind of in the boat that he was full CGI is like they didn't show him at any other point in the movie. It was one shot that he was that looked like that, and that was it. Yeah. The whole every other he was always in sand form, and like, but it was his voice. Yeah. So like he was yeah, at least true. on the project as a voice true. actor. Yeah, I know that was him. He stepped in. Like he, yeah. If it wasn't, yeah. that voice actor was incredible yeah. at replicating it. <laughs> if that is a full CGI character and the voice actor is not the original, good on you because I would have thought that you're the original guy. Um, That's for sure. But uh, I, whenever we were talking about um, the possibility of Amazing Spider-Man 3, um, I thought of Disney and how literally they can engulf every form of media they want now. And what I mean by that is they have set up a multiverse and a, and a cinematic universe in which many, many other companies can make any movies on whatever hero they want, and it doesn't affect their MCU timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sony can make as many Spider-Man movies as they want, and they can all still be in the MCU. Or if, Dis- or if Disney wants to be like, okay... Um, this studio, you can have, you know, Iron Man and Cap, like, for this much money. Like, they can do that now. And, like, I really hope that's not the path they're going down. Just, like, I mean, it could be nice to open up these characters to other studios, which is nice, but I just really hope that Disney's not trying to just control, like, everything and, like, be, like, I hope it's just that studio's movie and not in association with Marvel or whatever, you know, where it has to apply to the MCU. Um, but no, yeah, it it would kind of, it would kind of suck if we get to a point where every Marvel movie we're possibly getting is actually directly tied to the MCU. And I fear that that point will actually, like, I I think that's going to happen. I think there will be a point where we're not getting side Marvel movies. Uh, like there's going to come a point where Disney will own, all of the Marvel stuff. And I think that's just kind of how it's going to be. I think um, they're going to buy DC. Like, I like I, I see the DC and Marvel merge, like, legitimately happening with Disney, and the multiverse is just, literally, they can do it. Like, the multiverse allows Marvel to do whatever they want. Like, they could, if they wanted to, create five different timelines and say, all right, Here's this timeline that y'all know and love, and we're going to give you four extras, and here's the movies that go along. Like, they could do that if they wanted to. They won't. I don't think that's pretty dumb. But, like, uh, they could. They could do anything they want with the multiverse. Like, and as a company in Disney, like, in their past, they try to expand as much as they can. And uh, I really, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm scared or excited because it, it just means more content that I'm going to be able to watch. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, nah, it's interesting to think about, especially in relation to Spider-Man. And, like, I, I will say I'm confident at the end of this movie that, like, I I didn't anticipate this being my feeling. But I, I, I don't think this is the last time we see more strongly, I feel this way about Andrew, 
but even Toby, I'm like, I'm a little bit like, we'll probably see him again. Like, just, just, just the way they leave it. The I'll see, see you, see you around. Like, mm-hmm. like I'll see you. They're both alive and well. Uh, and the Norman line of if you want a job and you're able to commute multiverse, or you know, across the multiverse, like they're hinting at like the very real possibility that these characters are returning. Like there's there, it wasn't really a goodbye. Like, right. It, I, I, like, it was a goodbye because Peter is no longer recognizable by any person on Earth. But, like, it didn't seem that these characters were gone forever. Especially with Ned and uh, and MJ. Like, they're definitely, like, staying. But, like, for the people that went back home to their own universes, like, it didn't really feel like they were gone. Um, like, all of them. It really seemed like they could we could revisit them at any time. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, but no, yeah, and it is interesting because like it, the really really cool thing this movie does is it officially takes literally all those villains off the table, at least those versions of them. They're no longer the villains they were. Sandman is a human. The lizard is not a lizard. Electro doesn't have electric powers. Doc Ock is doing just fine. He's in control, and Norman is just Norman. He's no longer the Goblin. None of these, none of these characters can come back in the villainous form they they are, unless of course they are the MCU versions, the MCU realities versions of these characters, which we have not met yet, uh, and I don't think we'll really rehash it. The only thing that makes me think we might is that uh, Willem Dafoe has been in a, there has been a selfie posted on the set of Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. Willem Dafoe and uh, oh the other guy who's gonna be in Moon Knight that I can't remember his name right now but he's like he's a he's a good actor and shit I can't remember it right now but oh my phone's over there I won't be able no 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 no, no I don't think so but there's another actor in that photo but Willem Dafoe is in a picture with Oscar Isaac on the set of Moon Knight mm. and if he has yeah. already shown up in the MCU as Norman Osborn it's reasonable to believe do you think Norman. like how this movie felt not in like the big excitement of like seeing the characters you want to see but do you think Marvel's going to try to keep this same element going from like Shang-Chi Eternals this on up like in Multiverse of Madness even though I think they're going to be all different I think that we're going such a a bold serious explosive route it really like, looks like it. it's serious like it's like the lightest thing we've gotten. In terms of like stakes, and uh, well, no, I don't want to say that. Shang Chi was. I mean, like there were those there were darker moments with Wen Wu and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's there's some pretty there's some pretty dark shit in that movie. But uh, I do think it's a possibility that we do go. We're clearly still going to go a little light with it. Uh, maybe that's what they're really going to utilize the animation studio for. Maybe that's more what we can express, ex, uh, expect of Spider-Man freshman freshman year and what we can expect of uh, I Am Groot and uh, shit like that. Like That'll be more the light-hearted side of the universe. And uh, I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking of, a, of like a 2021 comic book movie ranking, which we will eventually get to. Yeah, uh, within the next couple of weeks, and it, it made me think of uh, Eternals next to Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I was like, I thought about the way Eternals feels, 
and like the way it plays and the way I view it. And I was like, that feels like a DC film. And like Chloe Zhao has been on record to say that she took a lot of inspiration from Zack Snyder's man of steel and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, neither here nor there. It's that, that very fact is indicative of Marvel going in a new direction where Mm -hmm. they're giving creators more freedom to get less formulaic and do more of their, do more of their own thing, you know? And, uh, I think multiverse of madness with Sam Raimi will just kind of, uh, continue that trend in the right direction with Shang-Chi, uh, that Shang-Chi started with Daniel Dustin Cretton, Chloe Zhao picked up with, with in Eternals and John Watts has continued with No Way Home here. Ethan Hawke Ethan was Hawk. uh, the yes. other guy in the photo. Yes, um, he was. And yeah, this dark like path, um, Moon Knight, Blade, Black Knight, um, these characters, um, hopefully um, Deadpool in the mix with them. I would just love to see Deadpool with this dark stuff. Um, like in... Morbius. I gotta get used to saying that. I always can. I always get Mobius and Morbius. Uh, and I think I was two on a podcast last week where I even mm. said Morpheus, like the <laughs> yeah. Matrix character. So uh, two very different characters. Yeah. Um, but uh, like it's a very exciting path that that Marvel's going down with this demon and vampire and like dark and be, stuff. And beyond yeah. that, dude, like the the culmination of this movie when Spider Man and uh, Green Goblin come face to face on the shield of Captain America uh, of the Statue of Liberty and he like he beats the shit out of Norman and he is ready to murder him mm. he is going to kill him that's why they put the scene of Norman laughing while he's hitting him because Park like he's pulling his punches there you know like he's not fully punching him like that's why they put like him getting destroyed by Green Goblin, basically. Like, yeah. uh, just to make this, like, oh, he's like actually pissed. He's not pulling, like, this dude is punching through his head. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, I just love the strength of Spider Man. You know, like, Tom Holland, like, they really show the strength of Spider Man. Like, him lifting a whole building, you know, like, he does that in the comics. Like, Spider Man is like, physically like the one of the strongest characters in the MCU like just with the I don't know the ratio between like a spider and a human like his strength yeah. is just like off the charts um but yeah I love man this movie's just sick one thing I was going to say um and I told Joseph earlier was if when Peter moved into his new apartment I wish like the people next door someone's like speaking Spanish and you see like Miles briefly in the hallway oh that'd have been Th- cool this is a quick connect like Peter could be just walking he bumps into Miles that'd be really 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 cool if that would be how they branched that there uh, that you know been, what would have been even yeah. better is if the guy who was like rent's due on the first of the month was the Spider-Man Raimi trilogy guy it was like you have I would rent? have loved that That'd have been fantastic. You'll that get your been. rent when you fix this damn door. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been fucking perfect. But this does leave us in a place exactly where we wanted with Spider-Man in the MCU. Uh, obviously, uh, we saw his heart get absolutely torn to shreds. It was devastating in every way. Yes. May dies. Nobody knows who he is. He's on his own, entirely alone in this in this uh, brave new world. He's living alone in an apartment broke as fuck, sewing his own suit, and doing his own fucking thing as Spider-Man. 
and boy is it fucking sweet you know no more of that seize technology uh, which Matt Murdock makes it apparent to us uh, is out there and possibly no more Tony with Peter I think like Tony is no longer like revelant yeah no yeah no Peter's Spider-Man. No, yeah, like, it's just kind of like, he'll always remember him, I'm assuming, you know, like, it'll be like a fond, fond remembrance of him, but it's like, there's there's just not much more he can, there's not much more dwelling to do on that situation besides remember him as a, just to keep him in memory, you know? Is Stark Industries, like, not a thing anymore? Like, what, what happened when the, de- like, the Department of whatever went over there to Stark Industries? Like, did they just take all the tech? They... So my thing with Stark Industries is really, really, uh, I'm curious as to what the fuck is going on over that way because, uh, as it was pointed to in Hawkeye, you know, he's, he's not only sold Avengers Tower, he's also sold Avengers Compound. These, all these places are now owned by someone else and whether they were bought by the government and therefore Mm. the, the Department of Damage Control automatically had access to it is uh, uh I, I I don't know. But is Stark in like is Stark Industries still run by Pepper? I'm assuming. I mean unless unless, you know, she has enough money to retire. You True. Know? Maybe maybe them living in the cabin is them kind of like no longer taking part in the in the business anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I uh I don't know, like I'm fine like if they just kind of don't mention Stark Industries or Tony like any like it's true like he's truly like Spider-Man now like he's all himself like it's exactly what I wanted like I said before like I hope he's stripped of all the Stark tech and he has to make his own suit like and go back to his basics like uh and and that's that's what I got at the end so I'm I'm like definitely happy like I'm satisfied so many ways through this movie like the mm-hmm. villains I am so satisfied like how their storyline turned out I thought it was just going to be like a fight the whole time but this back and forth of the curing them or not was just awesome. Toby and Andrew wasn't corny or cheesy at all. It was actually executed perfectly. Like the brother, like just every aspect of this movie just is and, done well. And to build on that, just like the personal relationships that uh, Tom's Peter builds along the way, like uh, you know his relationship to MJ and how Ned is kind of starting to feel like a third wheel, but they're still keeping him relevant. You know, like he's still around. He's still their best friend. You know, they love him and. And, and he's he's not lost, uh, not lost around them or anything. And uh, and one of the characters in this movie that hasn't gotten the shine they deserve in the first two Spider-Man movies and kind of hits her stride here for sadly a short time. Aunt May, uh, as portrayed by Marissa Tomei, super sad she hadn't she never got more to work with. Uh, but this movie does her about as about as well as uh, any could as this. Uh, they make her the the figure in in uh, Peter's life that ultimately seals his fate as the Spider Man he is because you know she's the one through it all you know uh, you need to help these men she and them playing on the fact that she was not like she was okay with him being Spider-Man because like at the end of homecoming, you're like, we can play with this. You know, she could be mad at him open. The next movie starts. Make sure you bring your suit to Europe, honey. You know, like 
she's really supportive of the Spider-Man thing because she knows how much he can help that way. And I love that angle of May. Like, it's not like she's not worried about his safety. She she is, naturally. But she trusts him, you know? She trusts him to the degree that it's like, you know what? You're doing the right thing here. You need to help these people. And then that that very attitude, how helping everyone, no matter what, it, it it's what motivates him the rest of the movie. It's the value that pushes Toby th- and and Andrew through this movie and it's what whenever, you know, he's like and I've been I've been thinking about a an anti serum for uh Norman for years. I think I got this shit down. I can do this. And Tom's just silent and he's like, We cure everybody, you know, like everybody gets help. That's the point. And Aunt May is the one who instills that in Tom, which I I just absolutely <laughs> loved. Um with Doctor Strange, I was just thinking about this. It's after one division, well, on one division. Is this the first time we ever see like magical ruins? I think in the MCU it is the first example of ruins. Uh, one division was because I think Doctor Strange was strictly like geometry, like with his shapes. They like, never, they never went to the rune aspect in, in in the Doctor Strange film. I don't think, uh, but. I really loved the runes part in this movie, especially the way that, you know, the way they agree on, you know, Peter's like, well, what will, will we be able to close the multiverse if everybody forgets that Peter, Par- if that Peter Parker is me, that I even exist. And he tells him, yes, but everyone that knows and loves you, my favorite, my favorite little detail, we would all forget you. Mm. We. Him included in that everyone who knows and loves you. And I was like, that just melted my fucking heart to Him, pieces, bro. Seeing Doctor Strange tearing up, like, whoa. Like, I was already crying, basically, you know, like during this moment anyways. Like, damn, this is just heavy. And then I see Doctor Strange about to cry, and I'm like, fuck. Like, well, it's, it's, man, this movie just made me cry so much. They're war buddies. Mm, yeah. They were on a different planet together trying to get the Infinity Gauntlet off Thanos on Titan. They were snapped away together on Titan. They came back together on Titan. When they pull th- when they pull up, it's them right next to each other in, like, mm. they've had, like, a weird low-key thing going on in the background a little bit where it's kind of like, and, like, their first interaction in Infinity War was obviously, like, a little bit of, like, a stepping stone of some sort where it's like, a, hi, I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, so we're using our fake names I'm Spider-Man. You know, like, it was obvious they would have some sort of rapport from that point on. Mm. And uh, it's it's really, really going well. Uh, you know, one part that was kind of cheesy, I guess, was the uh, Archimedean spiral in the mirror dimension. That was a little... Um, <laughs> wait, like, wait. Square root of pi. Oh, mirror, dimension, mirror dimensional is... The, rear, uh, the mirror dimension is just geometry. You're great at geometry. You knew this. <laughs> like, uh... I don't know. I, like, there is a lot of science between uh, that spiral, and that spiral shows up in nature all the time. So it's kind of like, it, it makes sense that, like, this mirror dimension functions off it. Like, I'm cool with that. But, like, just him, like, tying up Doctor Strange using all these, like, I don't know. It was just you know little, what's cooler than science? Uh, <laughs> you know what's cooler than magic? Math. That was the nerdiest shit he could have ever done. Like, yeah. uh, but it worked. You know, he beat him. Um, you know, he, like. I was, uh, I was in a fight with Doctor Strange, and I totally beat him. Uh,. No, dude, this this was like the more we talk about it, dude, the more I love this movie. This is this is and it was so memorable. I'm over here reciting scenes. Like 
it just sticks with you. Like I really want, I really wanted to like go see it again right after we got out. It I was too. so. I just wanted to be like, what's the next showing, and can we find s- tickets? Like, like this movie was amazing. It was like, like I really do like. Even though I felt bad for Peter when Gwen died, but like, it's like he's literally alone, like officially struggling by himself. Yes. And this is an important, uh, an important detail, is that the spell was cast, and it seems like everybody who was on the world forgot who Peter Parker was. However, we've got a slew of characters who know who Peter Parker is not on the world right now. And I think I I think to one in specific that was like a really important like one scene that always felt like this feels a little weird, a little out of place and could now retroactively be like this is perfect. Hey Peter Parker, I'll take that. Like uh the way sh- the way that Captain Marvel kind of just like was like used his full name and was it was just kind of like it just feels a little goofy a little off now it can be like hey Captain Marvel knows who Peter Parker is Nick Fury knows who Peter Parker is Thor knows who Peter Parker is like there are plenty of people out there in the universe who know who Peter Parker is is it okay to like talk about the um the post credit scene absolutely let's go for it yeah which one do we talk about first uh, let's, uh, let's let's go Venom since it was uh, since it was right there. I think that this is a is a natural stepping stone for the for what's probably coming in the fourth or fifth maybe movie. <laughs> like at whatever point they decide that this is going to be acted on, you know, like uh, there's part of the symbiote that is Venom in the MCU reality now. I just think it's hilarious that during this whole fantastical, crazy monstrosity of a movie. Venom and Eddie Brock just are, vibing uh, in Mexico. Just, yeah, just chilling in Mexico at a bar. And With he's Danny getting, Rojas. Getting all this uh, history taught to him. You know, purple guy liking stones. Aliens don't like stones. Snapped you know? away half my family. Yeah. Um. And, and then, like, the like the respect for Iron Man, you know, yeah. like, legit, like, the world would, like, that's like a Jesus moment, you know? Like, like legitimately, like, yeah. like, that could start religion, like, legit. Like, that's a moment in history that's, like, only a, like the only other thing it compares to is like a, like a Jesus something you know like uh, he saved the universe you know like oh yeah a Luke like Skywalker like a legend like oh he's legend. the one that they know about you yeah, know like, like uh, uh, this gets kind of spoken on in Hawkeye but Natasha Romanoff also making as, as big a sacrifice you know like mm-hmm. it's yeah that uh the first post credit scene I don't I was expecting um like. If Venom wasn't in the movie, I was like, he's going to be the post credit scene, is what I was thinking. Um, Just absolutely and, love and the yeah. entire reason. The, like, they were like, we'll ship him over there in the Venom Let There Be Carnage post credit scene, and we'll ship him back in the No Way Home post credit scene. And the only reason is so that Venom can stay behind a little bit. And I just think that's hilarious. Uh,. And it, and it's like a, just another weird head fake because like they've been talking about how like Kevin Feige and Andy Serkis have like talked about how like it's cool you know naturally when you introduce Eddie, when you introduce Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and he becomes such a such a great character as he has the next question is when can we get him to interact with Tom Holland Spider Man 
and they were like, and we got that. No way home. It's coming up, baby. And then like, they just, <laughs> just dipped. I just absolutely loved that. Okay. But I don't know why my voice sounds so dry, <laughs> but multiverse of madness. We got the teaser. Strange definitely saw what whatever was happening in multiverse and the mirror dimension when he was when Peter trapped him there, right? Are we on the same page as that? That's when he saw it. Saw what? Like whatever what was happening in the multiverse. Remember he was in the mirror dimension in that teaser and like the mirror dimension looked like how it looked when Peter got him trapped. Oh, and like gotcha. the building started to do like disintegrating or gotcha. something. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Now I know that was part of the teaser. I thought you were talking about when he was in the mirror dimension during the movie. Oh no. Um. Teaser. Gotcha. Okay. Uh. That detail I didn't. I didn't quite catch. I do think that this. Uh, this movie is obviously tied to No Way Home as the. Uh, like WandaVision, No Way Home, and Multiverse of Madness have been labeled like the unofficial multiversal trilogy here. And uh, like the way we hear him reciting, you know, like the multiverse is a concept in which we know frighteningly little. Uh, it just seems like it's it's something that happens because of that event. Uh, and I can't I can't exactly place what it is or why Doctor Strange Supreme seems to show up at the end from uh and also just really really interesting that they they would that's something we're already privy to like they're like Dark Doctor Strange man he's in this one uh and and beyond beyond that like the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch plays the like the ultimate villain in both Doctor Strange movies now, as he was Dormammu, and now he is Doctor Strange Supreme. Uh, I'm I'm interested in what Mordo's Mordo's role in it all is. You know the way he shows up and he's aware that this Doctor Strange is a problem. He's like, that's where you're wrong. The biggest threat in the universe is you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's literally him. I wonder, like, I'm trying to find anything that could have gone wrong, like, with this spell. And, like, he fully contained it in the thing, but then it broke loose. So, like, it's, like, ripped open. It was ripping open the world. But then doing the spell to make everyone forget completely, like, reversed it. But, like... We just think it completely reversed it, you know. Like, uh, yeah, there's no it real makes way sense, for us to tell that but that's like, what happened. The thing is, is that people from other multiverses, like, they're not supposed to come over to another universe at all. Like, you're not supposed to even be aware that the multiverse exists. Um, and then having literal, you know, multiversal travel is like Doctor Strange literally says, like, this shouldn't be possible. You know, like this should not be possible. Like there's so there's probably so much more that happened behind the scenes that like we're just not even like aware of yet that hap- like happened during this spell that like if the multiverse was open even for a split second, 
then like that just fractured everything. Um, and like all of these shows, movies that we're watching, they they all seem like they all have their own nexus event. Like every like you know everything's lining up. You know with the Loki and and uh, WandaVision things lining up and everything, and like um, Eternals having the the uh, emergence um, emergence seems like a nexus event. You know like crazy things that are happening across all these movies. Um, but are they happening at the same time or is it like months, weeks apart? It doesn't um, really matter in the like, context of the TVA. Exactly. Like all of these things, it seems that like something has happened and the universe is not the same from this point that all these Nexus events are happening. Like something happened and I don't think the Spider-Man thing is the biggest, you know, like it's not the source. I think the source is Sylvie. Like, with Kang, wherever, like, that's the source of this problem, is, like, Kang. It has to go up. It can't be Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Like, it can't be, it can't start no. here. Like, no. it has to start from, like... No, like, I, I think there's... See, that's the thing, though, is that, like, is there the possibility that with Sylvie having opened the multiverse, the multiverse was in a more fragile state, and therefore this had an opportunity to even happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, or are we going to the route that this takes place concurrently with the events of Loki and them ripping open the fabric of reality also plays into effect with like the threshold and what, what you know is beyond at this point. And like, I, it's just, it's just hard to say where all of it's heading right now. And I just hope multiverse of madness can properly, uh, Answer some questions we have. Loki season two, Quantumania. There's a lot of stuff. They have to explain a lot and make it easy to understand, which is the thing. Like, What's really cool to me is that like we're now also in a spot where Spider Man has nothing to do with the multiverse anymore. Just he's just Spider Man doing his own fucking thing. So this multiverse talk, it's only relevant to like Doctor Strange and Wanda and stuff, unless they drag him back into it, which. I mean, very, very well could be a possibility, but uh, it's just it's just interesting because you know he's he was the focal point of a whole multiversal movie, and I don't know that he'll be much affected by the multiverse from here on out as much as a lot of other characters like Loki and yeah, I think he's staying in Queens or in Boston, and that's like it. Like he's he's just going back to his roots, and like we're getting the origin, like. The origin that we're used to, the uh, college era Spidey that we're used to, like it, we got the prequel, we're getting the original, and like I'm wondering if they're pushing Venom all the way back to the third, like yeah. keeping it like as the third, and maybe that's Andrew's third movie too, like you know. My like, my, uh, my standing <laughs> theory is that like the reason we don't have a Sinister Six here is because the next trilogy would culminate in Tom's Sinister Six, six movies. Six villains. It just kind of makes sense. In uh, Doctor Strange's lair, um, the wizard's lair, or dungeon, as uh, they called it. We're no literally in a wizard's dungeon. There's no um, way to sugarcoat that. The uh, little dial that Strange could turn to open up the cages or whatever, um, there was like a little circle that like indicated which um, cell was like occupied or not. It was either lit up or not, and there were six of them. Um, like there and like that tree was like 
it was just supposed to be Venom, you know? Like, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Like, this whole, like, uh, is that there were six cages, like, you know, like, and we have five villains there all standing there in a tree, you know? Just a tree, bro, you know? Like, get over it. Like, we're not having the sixth yet, you know? Is, like, their way of saying, like, you thought we were, you know, thought we're giving you everything you wanted, but there's still some things that that we're holding back. There's not quite a sixth Mm -hmm. here. Uh, and I would I would love if we don't see Venom come back until the sixth Tom Holland movie. That would just be hilarious. Like if they push it off even further, like and they just planted this little seed now, like that would oh my god. That'd but. be outstanding. <laughs> but you know, I do think we're gonna see the 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 symbiote suit. Like that seems like the natural route. It'll find its way to to Peter Parker the way it licked it licked his uh licked his face on the on the TV screen, it'll find its way to Peter Parker. It'll combine with that suit, and we'll get the symbiote suit, and he'll be he'll be acting up a little bit. Do uh, you, do you think it won't be like Eddie Brock? It'll be like Flash Thompson that gets the Venom symbiote. Now that would be really, really, really cool. What? Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I hadn't even considered that, but uh. Yeah, dude. I I don't I don't even know what what the possibility would be that because I didn't even consider the fact that if, if we get the symbiote suit in this reality, that means there will probably be another venom eventually. And the venom won't be Tom Hardy's venom. It'll be someone else. Mm. Yeah. I didn't even think that, um, probably the reason that Tom made a new suit is for venom to, you know, whenever venom comes in contact with him, he doesn't come in contact with the nanotech. Um, cause like what would happen there? if <clears throat> Venom fused with Tom, like, with the nanotech suit, like, could he just take Venom off whenever he wants, you know? Like, whenever he can just take the nano suit, like, does he just fuse with the nanotech, or does he fuse with Tom and the nanotech, and then Tom can never take that suit off? You know, like, I think that's probably why we have a new suit, yeah, is so par- that Venom can just, sim- like, just merge with just Tom. And boy, that new uh, suit. Mm, oh, that new my suit. God, like... It looked comic booky, but like I don't know how to explain. It was like flashy, but like I don't know. We it didn't combined really... it combined elements mm. of all of them. Yeah, like you can tell that there seemed to be this like homage to all the Spidey suits we've gotten live action wise. It looked like the mask was pretty much focused on what we've gotten in the this trilogy with Tom Holland, but the suit itself looks like it was a little bit more of a merging of Andrew and Toby suits mm. into uh into one compact design that had a little bit of a sheen to it that shined a little bit but that was still uh smooth didn't have like a a really standout web pattern the way that Tom's kind of doesn't usually mm. you know uh those kind of blend in a little bit more than the amazing Spider-Man's and Toby's did especially Toby's Toby's was out mm. there you knew where his those lines were and we didn't get the best look at the suit, which I thought was... I know, very dark. Yeah, very, like, purposefully hiding it, but just... Teasing. Hiding it just enough to where they didn't need to show you every detail of it so they can still change it before we... I think it'd be really cute if uh, the next time Andrew and Toby link up, they all made the same suit honoring, like, each other. And they're like, um, oh, shit. And they're like, damn. Like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, 
just the the relationship between them and having no words having to be spoken like having this all prior knowledge of the spidey like well no he's not oh. making fun of you it's just that you know <laughs> we can't do that so naturally we're just wondering how how your webs your web situation works uh so does it come out of anywhere else oh man yeah just all their inter- like every interaction it was exactly what you wanted oh my god yeah like every Every scene was just what you wanted. Like, I fought an alien once, uh, made of black goo. Yeah, I fought a purple alien. You know, in space, he, he wanted some. Man, I'm I'm lame. <laughs> I haven't fought. I fought a Russian guy in a rhinoceros costume once. It was fan service, but at like a different level. Like, it's almost. Well, like, that's what the wrong multiverse to call this movie fan service because that that just seems that it's not like it's dismissing the story they told. Yeah, because they they managed to fold the fan service in in a way that worked organically. Like it was the most bewildering example of fan service of all time for that very reason. Like uh, I'd point to something like the Mandalorian uh, for something that has very, very effectively used fan service. And it was nowhere near the level that no way home seemed to utilize it. Every single thing that happened was exactly what you wanted. Like, maybe not exactly what you wanted. You know, you don't want Aunt May to die, you know, and stuff like that. But you you want Andrew and Toby to talk about why Toby's webs come out of his wrist and not his web shooters. Uh, you want them to kind of uh, interact with the with the villains in a way that's like, hey, I know this guy. You know, like... The way he was like, hey, Max, missed you, buddy. Like, I, I loved that. That was outstanding. Uh, they just continue to give you exactly what you want all the way throughout this movie. And two hours in here, I don't have much else to say. Yeah, the, the only thing I was going to say is, like, yeah, I can see where you were coming from when you said, like, fan service. But, like, as you said, like, too, is that they do it, like, so well that it's, like... And it's hard because fan service has such a negative connotation to it. Yes. Uh, that it's like, well, if you are giving someone fan service, you're, you're, it's at the cost of story, typically, is like what the idea is. And they did the opposite of that. They built a story around the fan service so that it wasn't overwhelming. It was just the events that were occurring, and you believe it. And that's the, that's the important thing. There's fan service that happens, and you're like, okay, well, that was clearly for the sake of fans. I didn't really believe that. I believe everything in this movie. Like, organically, that makes sense to me as a, as a logical next step. Uh, I mean, like, w- like, one thing that, like, if I were to, like, point at anything in an infinite multiverse where any any Peter Parker can show up. You're telling me, hey, show me Peter, and it's these two Peter Parkers. Okay. But are these the only three Peter Parkers? Well, I think it was just they were the only Peter Parkers on that Earth at the time. That wasn't a multiversal portal, was it? Like, No, it wasn't. It wasn't, but why were these the only Peter Parkers that showed up to Earth? Well, because the... They wouldn't be the only Peter Parkers who knew who I they were. I guess it would be like... Because these villains showed up, and they were their villains, that it was just right that their Spidey showed up with them, but why did only those villains show up? 
if, maybe these are the only villains who know who Peter Parker is Spider Man. I guess they're the only villains that we know of that know of Peter. So like if they if they wanted to be like okay, it, technically there are infinite villains that know who Peter Parker is. Just how the multiverse works. So like, well, and that's like that was the conflict of the movie. He shut it down early, mm, so oh, that the true. rest of them didn't make it through. True. Yeah, I get. Yeah, and we just got lucky with the two that yeah. we got. Okay, fair, fair. That is, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, like, and obviously that's not a gripe. <laughs> that that is the that's the single most that's the that's yeah. the foremost example of something that's convenient for the sake of fan service. Uh, everything else kind of falls into place organically, and it's like, okay, I believe this. Mm. Uh, but yeah, man. I like like I said, not a lot else to be said about this film. It's uh, a good word, organic. Like it's that, got it, a lot of heart. Yeah. It gets spidey. You a know, like it's just, coaster. I cannot wait to be able to just watch this fucking movie, dude. 2021 is shaping up to be like one of the best years for comic book movies of all time. Yeah. If not the best movie for comic book, best year for comic book movies of you all know, time. You know, first time in history it might be said, but quarantine might have helped like Marvel Studios just write a shit ton of content and then now they're just executing on it. Like, yeah. uh, we we are getting so much content and uh, man like i'm just like a like a little kid on christmas like every release that's coming out i'm like man wow i really have like a full time job just watching these shows that are coming out now like right. it's all the time like uh and i'm i'm cool with it so uh, right. bring me bring me as much as you can bring me that house now nah, uh, aurora any uh, any closing thoughts here on spider-man before we jump into our mcu tier list and place spider-man no way home this as we all can mostly agree um this is the best live action spider-man film ever i'm not right. i'm not just going to say this because of toby and andrew like he, he, part of it though yeah but Tom's like evolution from Peter. I'm gonna tell you, there is only yeah. one other character who I think starts a trilogy as like innocent, young, dumb. Not dumb, you know, that's the wrong word for Peter Parker. He's obviously very smart, but he doesn't have the wits about him that he needs. He doesn't know exactly the game he's getting into. By the end of it, He's fully formed. He's the version of what he's going to become. This mirrors that Luke Skywalker uh, journey in the original trilogy, four, five, six. Like this, this is him exiting the trilogy at hit, entering his peak, and that's that's where we're at uh, right now. Uh, and I just absolutely love that in a in a movie. And with a character who loves Star Wars so much and references it so much, his very arc mirrored that of Luke Skywalker quite a bit, uh, which is just really cool. Um, but yeah, are we ready for the tier list? Yeah. Will you toss me my phone, Joe? Should be on the charger over there somewhere. Beautiful. We need some food, and that's what we need. All right, so we have an official Penny Bloom tier list. On patreon.com slash Bloom. we worked it all out over the course of an hour and 40 minutes. This is our official Penny Bloom tier list. 
Uh, we won't go into any of the explanations for any of the other movies aside from Spider-Man No Way Home when we finally place it. We'll give you the rundown, and uh, if you were here with us for Eternals, you know the scale. Went from, uh, eh, okay, yeah, that's cool, hell yeah, and fuck yes. That top one, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it again. We're going, fuck yes, top tier. Hell yeah. Second. That's cool, for three. Okay, yeah for four, and eh, for five. And uh, we fucked with it a little bit, and I'll get to that more later. <laughs> but uh, for our okay yeah here, we have Iron Man 2, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Thor and Loki, and the Incredible Hulk. These are our okay yeah here. For that's cool, we have Avengers, Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain America the First Avenger, The Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Thor Ragnarok, and The Dark World, and Iron Man 3. That's our That's Cool tier. Hell yeah. We have Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Black Widow. In our fuck yes, we have Shang-Chi, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Panther, What If, and Doctor Strange. And we decided, you know what? This movie's just a cut above. So we're introducing a new tier, above fuck yes, moving everything up one, eh, no longer exists. Yo, what the fuck is the new top tier? And that tier includes Avengers Infinity War and Spider-Man No Way Home. And I feel like we're... I mean, yo, what the fuck is the only way you can feel about that movie leaving it. Seriously. It's just, it's... It, those two those two movies in the MCU are a cut above everything else in a way that nothing else quite feels as good to put next to it. Like, I look at Shang-Chi, a movie that I love to death. A movie I was convinced would be my favorite comic book movie this year. And I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't come fucking close to touching how I feel about Spider-Man No Way Home. So the fact that Shang-Chi is a fuck yes, we just had to create a new tier. It's almost like Infinity War. Like, kind of. No, it comes close. But, like, I still think this movie is above Infinity War. Oh, I can tell you for sure. Like... In terms of my enjoyment of it, watch it. Oh, yeah. This movie is as good as it gets in terms of Marvel. Top one. I will this also say, it. the other day, my brother turned on Infinity War in the living room, and we were making dinner up in the kitchen, me and Emily. And uh, by the end of us making dinner, Emily was making dinner, and I was standing at the edge of the kitchen <laughs> watching Avengers Infinity War. Because this movie, glue, that movie glues you to the screen, and you cannot look away. 
there's an intensity about it and stakes to it that just you don't get anywhere else in the Marvel Universe. Until Spider-Man No Way Home, where you feel everything is on the line. Anything can happen. You leave it, and Peter Parker is basically non-existent. He basically doesn't exist. Fresh start? Fresh start. It, like... Freshman year, man. Literally. I just can't... I can't believe that they actually accomplished this. Like, I'm kind of in a little, like... It's unbelievable that this is a real film that we got to watch. Yeah. Like, I thought Infinity War was, like, the biggest they could get. Like, that movie was insane. Like, everyone came out of that movie, yo, what the fuck? Makes sense why it's in this category. But I came out of this movie, like, yo, what the fuck? And also, that was, like, the best movie experience I've ever had. So, like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But, like, I'm thankful that they didn't fuck it up. They they were the furthest away from fucking it up. They just... Spider-Man far from fucking it up. A masterpiece. Any last thoughts, Aurora? We kind of chilling. We chilling. There you have it, folks. Long-awaited Spider-Man No Way Home in the books. Uh, and what a fucking joy it was, you know, uh... It, it was just fantastic. And uh, I think I think what's been said is all that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will update again this tier list next week uh, when Hawkeye is wrapped up officially after this last episode uh, of what I think will be a season finale, not a series finale. Mm-hmm. Theory as of right now. Uh, and uh, hell yeah, man. I was Colton Robertson, joined for the first time live and in stereo by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Can't wait to be back here, hopefully soon. And it's always a pleasure to have you, buddy. And for the first time live and in stereo from Baltimore to Kansas City, Aurora Carter. Thank you very much for being here. Yes, thank you, because this trip was expensive Uh, to watch a movie. (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. It, uh, It's one that I'm certainly never, like, I won't forget this week. You know, this was was incredible. This was a fun one. And, uh, you know, to to come all the way out here to do the pod and to be to be with us to watch the movie. Like, I can't I can't put into words how much that means to me. That's that's fucking awesome. And like I, I don't have I don't, I don't have another friend I don't think that would do that you know like that's 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 fucking awesome and I appreciate that uh, yeah you know I had to you know stick to my make a wish yeah. there, there you go there you go <laughs> uh but uh hell yeah if you would head to patreon.com slash bloom where that tier list was officially put together uh by me Joe and Aurora a little bit of a negotiating had to go on if you remember our Eternals one we each had our own tier list took a while to go through so we figured we'd just go ahead and nail one down stick to it and update it as Marvel projects come out and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home making it into that yo what the fuck tier it inspired a whole new tier so uh, it's it's clearly different uh, if you would head to Twitter follow at Penny Bloom Pod uh, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast and remember peace Love and Bloom. And I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs>